your God in heaven, we thank you so much for another day. And wow, this is, we're now on day four. Thank you so much, Lord. And we ask for your guidance and your wisdom as we delve into chapter four unto you a savior may we see beauty and wow just 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 feed our souls may we, we may we feed our souls with the greatest blessings as we ponder upon you sending to us jesus as our savior in jesus name we pray amen so hello there my beloved listeners today we are in chapter four and the title is unto you a savior unto you a savior now this chapter is based on luke 2 1 to 20 luke 2 1 to 20 and for that reason we will be reading that chapter first i mean that i mean that um that th- these were the the verses upon which this chapter was based so let's read look the book of luke chapter 2 uh, verses 1 and 20 and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from caesar augustus that all the world should be taxed and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Wow to be taxed with mary his espoused wife being great with child and so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and they and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which, which, which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Wow. Okay, so that was Luke 2, 1 and 20. Now let's read the Desire of Ages, chapter 4, unto you a Savior. Okay. The King of Glory stooped low to take humanity. Rude and forbidding were his earthly surroundings. His glory was veiled that the majesty of his outward form might not become an object of attraction. Mm. Wow, so it was there was a purpose behind that. The 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 majesty of his outward form should not be an object of attraction. He shunned all outward display. Riches, worldly honor, and human greatness can never save a soul from death. Now that is a really good point. Right? Riches, worldly honor, and human greatness can never save a soul from death. Jesus purposed that no attraction of an earthly nature should call men to his side. Wow, so, so if, he, if Jesus did come on earth with the pomp and, you know, I mean, if he styled himself as really someone that's, that's so appealing physically then people would come to him for that but that's not that should not be the reason why people would should come to him okay so jesus purposefully um hid and and he purposed that no attraction of an earthly nature should call men or people to his side only the beauty of heavenly truth must draw those who would follow him the character of the Messiah had long been foretold in prophecy, and he desired men to accept him upon the testimony of the word of God. Yes, he wanted people to, to accept him because of the truth that he's going to he's gonna present, not because of his own attractive um, outward you know, appearance. Okay, let's proceed. The angels had wondered at the glorious plan of redemption. They watched to see how the people of God would receive his son, clothed in the garb of humanity. Angels came to the land of the chosen people. Oh. Other nations were dealing in fables and worshipping false gods. To the land where the glory of God had been revealed and the light of prophecy had shone, the angels came. They came unseen to Jerusalem and to the appointed expositors of the sacred oracles and the ministers of God's house, God's house. Already to Zechariah the priest as he ministered before the altar, the nearness of Christ's coming had been announced. Mm. Already the forerunner was born. The forerunner is uh, referring to John the Baptist and Zechariah is his father, John the Baptist's father, okay? 
Already the forerunner was born, his mission attested by a miracle and prophecy. The tidings of his birth and the wonderful significance of his mission had been spread abroad. So people were now were, were now somehow anticipating really someone, the Messiah's coming, because the forerunner had been born. Yet Jerusalem was not preparing to welcome her Redeemer. Ooh. Jerusalem was not preparing to welcome her Redeemer. Let's proceed. With amazement, the heavenly messengers beheld the indifference of that people whom God had called to communicate to the world the light of sacred truth. There was indifference. The Jewish nation had been preserved as a witness, as a witness that Christ was to be born of the seed of Abraham and of David's line. Yet they knew not that his coming was now at hand. In the temple, the morning and the evening sacrifice daily pointed to the Lamb of God. Yet even here was no preparation to receive him. Why is that so? The priests and teachers of the nation knew not that the greatest event of the ages was about to take place, the incarnation. I mean, the birth of Jesus. Okay, but they did not know. They rehearsed their meaningless prayers and performed the rites of worship to be seen by men. But in their strife for riches and worldly honor, they were not prepared for the revelation of the Messiah. So this is one reason. They were striving for riches and worldly honor. And so they were not prepared for the revelation of the Messiah. The same indifference indifference pervaded the land of Israel. Hearts selfish and world engrossed were untouched by the joy that thrilled all heaven. So all heaven, all the heavenly angels were so thrilled that Jesus, their, their commander, Christ, the Son of God, is going to be born on earth. They were so excited. They were so excited and thrilled. But they, but they wondered why people aren't. Okay, only a few, only a few were longing to behold the unseen. To these, heaven's embassy was sent. So there were a few people who anticipated, but just a few of them. Okay, and then the angels came to them. Angels attend Joseph and Mary as they journey from their home in Nazareth to the city of David. The city of David, by the way, is Bethlehem. The decree of imperial Rome for the enrollment of the peoples of her vast dominion has extended to the dwellers among the hills of Galilee. As in old time, Cyrus was called to the throne of the world's empire that he might set free the captives of the Lord. So Caesar Augustus is made the agent for the fulfillment of God's purpose in bringing the mother of Jesus to Bethlehem. Well, that was a good point. So, so here is a good point that God has been working behind the scenes, directing events of history. So in the old time, Cyrus, Cyrus was a ruler and he was called to the throne of the world's empire so that he would set free the captives of the Lord. And then also at this time, in the time when Jesus was born, Caesar Augustus, 
of the Roman Empire is now the agent for the fulfillment of God's purpose in bringing the mother of Jesus to Bethlehem. Why? Why is that so? Why Bethlehem? Here's the reason. She is of the lineage of David and the son of David must be born in David's city. Because that's what the prophecy says. Out of Bethlehem, said the prophet, shall he come forth. That is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from the days of eternity. Micah 5 verse 2. Wow. So that was it. It was prophesied that the Messiah should be born in the city of David, in Bethlehem. But in the city of their royal line, Joseph and Mary were unrecognized, unrecognized and unhonored. Weary and homeless, they traversed the entire length of the narrow street from the gate of the city to the eastern extremity of the town, vainly seeking a resting place for the night. There is no room for them at the crowded inn in a rude building where the beasts are sheltered, the animals, okay, they at last find refuge, and here the Redeemer of the world is born. There was no room for them, and at last they found an inn, and <laughs> it's, it's, where <laughs> it's where the animals were sheltered, and they find that their refuge and there the Redeemer of the world was born. Let's proceed. Men know it not, but the tidings fill heaven with rejoicing. With a deeper and more tender interest, the holy beings from the world of light are drawn to the earth. The whole world is brighter for his presence. Above the hills of Bethlehem are gathered an innumerable throng of angels. They wait the signal to declare the glad news to the world. Had the leaders in Israel been true to their trust, they might have shared the joy of heralding the birth of Jesus. But now, they are passed by. Ah. God declares, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. Isaiah 44 verse 3 and Psalm 102 verse 4. To those who are seeking for light and who accept it with gladness, the bright rays from the throne of God will shine. To those who are seeking for the light. And so that was in the hearts. That was what in that was what's in the hearts of those shepherds. They were seeking for the light, and as God has promised, He will pour water upon him that's thirsty, and floods upon the dry, dry ground. He will give light, give light to those who seek for it. So let's proceed. In the fields, in the fields where the boy David had led his flock. Shepherds were still keeping watch by the night. Through the silent hours, they talked together of the promised Savior. So these shepherds were re really interested about the promised Savior. And they prayed for the coming of the king to David's throne. So they were praying for it. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. 
For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. At these words, visions of glory filled the minds of the listening shepherds. Visions of glory. The Deliverer has come to Israel. Finally, power, exult- el- uh, sorry, power, exaltation, triumph are associated with his coming. But the angel must prepare them to recognize their Savior in poverty and humiliation. This shall be a sign unto you, he says, the angel says. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger so let's proceed i'm just going forward because this is such an exciting story the heavenly messenger had quieted their fears the heavenly messenger the the angel he quieted the fears of the shepherds the angel he had told them how to find jesus with tender regard for their human weakness, he had given them time to become accustomed to the divine radiance. Ooh, so th- it was so bright. The light was so bright. Then the joy and glory could no longer be hidden. Uh, the whole plan, the whole plane, the whole plane was lighted up with the bright shining of the hosts of God. Earth was hushed and heaven stooped to listen to the song. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Oh, 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 that today the human family could recognize that song. The declaration then made, the note then struck, will swell to the close of time and resound to the ends of the earth. When the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, that song will be re-echoed by the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Revelation 19.6 As the angels disappeared, the light faded away. The shadows of night once more fell on the hills of Bethlehem. But... The brightest picture ever beheld by human eyes remained in the memory of the shepherds. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one unto another, Let us now go on even unto Bethlehem, and let us see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Let's just proceed. Departing with great joy, they made known the things they had seen and heard. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So they spread they spread the news. They spread the news. They were so, they were so joyful about it. They spread it all over. Okay, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them upon her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Wow. So let's proceed. Heaven and earth are no wider apart today than when shepherds listened to the angel's song. 
humanity is still as much the object the object of heaven's solicitude as when common men of common occupations met angels at noonday mm. and talked with the heavenly messengers in the vineyards and the fields so what was that again the heavenly angels were are still right now interested in humanity the object of heaven's solicitude as when common men of common occupations met angels at noonday and talked with the heavenly messengers in the vineyards and the fields to us to us human beings in the common walks of life in the common walks of life heaven may be very near wow that is a promise to us even in how common to us who are ordinary people heaven is near angels from the courts above will attend the steps of those who come and go at god's command wow the story of bethlehem is an exhaustless theme i love this the story of bethlehem is an exhaustless theme in it is hidden the depth of the riches of both both of the wisdom and the knowledge of god romans 11:33 we marvel at the Savior's sacrifice in exchanging the throne of heaven for the manger and the companionship of adoring angels for the beasts of the stall, the animals. Human pride and self-sufficiency stand rebuked in his presence. Wow. Human pride and self-sufficiency stand rebuked in his presence. Yet this, yet this was but the beginning of his wonderful condescension. His downward direction it would have been an almost infinite humiliation for the son of god to take man's nature even when adam stood in his innocence in eden now wait 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 a minute that was that was so cool again it would have been an almost infinite humiliation for the son of god to take man's nature even when adam stood in his innocence in eden but Jesus accepted humanity when the race had been weakened by 4,000 years of sin. Like every child of Adam, he accepted the results of the working of the great law of heredity. What does that mean? What these results were is shown in the history of his earthly ancestors. He came with such a heredity to share our sorrows and temptations and in and to give an example of a sinless life so wait a minute that was so rich that was so rich okay so let me just let me just break that down so so imagine this god god he lowered himself stripped of his god abilities of his god of, of he he stripped himself of light and radiance and he clothed himself with the garb of humanity he enfleshed himself okay so for a perspective sake let's just say that okay um level one level one the highest is a uh, is god and then level two would be angels they're they're still glorious looking right and they can fly okay and they're powerful and then level three we're going down from level the first level and we're going down level three would be human beings okay so god did not just condescend uh, 
and become an angel. He did not just do that. He became a human being. Now, it says that it would have been an almost infinite humiliation already if God took if God took human nature when the, the kind of human nature that Adam had. So what was the point here? God did not just take that kind of human nature. He he went level four downward, level four, and took the hu- took infleshed himself, infleshed, infleshed himself with with the effects of uh, of thousands of years of heredity. So that means, imagine this: Adam's 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 body, Adam's physical physical nature was so great before he sinned uh, i mean he it was free from sickness and diseases and when when people and when people did not and human beings started not taking care of their bodies they had passed on that passed on uh, defects in their their human body from one generation to another and so wow what what this paragraph is saying is that Jesus took all that, the effects of heredity, the effects of genes uh, and gene- yes, g- genetics, the effects of heredity and genetics uh, throughout hu- throughout human history for thousands of years, four thousands of years of uh, of degradation, physical degradation, he took that kind of human flesh, human nature. So so you must understand that there is a distinction between the the perfect flesh of adam before he sinned and what we have now we have so many defects and deformities okay and jesus started off with that with that okay he started off with that and wow so so that is why that so 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 he really came to where we were he he came to where we were so so when he was born, he wasn't born with a superior human flesh. He was born with the very same, you know, the very same nature that human babes would have been born with at his time. So he now carries all the, all the challenges of having a, a less or, a, or an inferior human body. Okay, subject to diseases. Okay, wow, that, that, that was wonderful. And, and why is that so? Okay, it would have been almost an infinite humiliation already if he took Adam's human nature. Because imagine this: if God is first level, level two going down would be angel level. Level three going down would be Adam, Adam's human flesh, that that nature. Okay, and the level four would be our present day, our present day human flesh carrying all the defects of uh, uh, physical defects for thousands of years okay now now imagine this just for us to to have a perspective um let's just say that we are level one human i am level one and then if i or you are level one and then level two would be your cat (laughs) your cat Okay, and level three would like, um, let's just say, your mouse. Okay, your resident mouse. But, th- okay. <laughs> okay, analogy fails, but whatever. So, so 
imagine this you a human being you stripped of your humanity you strip yourself of your your humanity and you become a cat ah no 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 you're not satisfied you become a mouse you become a mouse and not even that you become a mouse with uh with no, level four with so many so many physical challenges and in, in the, the the mutations if you will Passed on from generation to generation, you strip yourself. Imagine this: you strip yourself of your humanity, and you become a mouse—a mouse that's filled with tendencies to get sick. Okay, just to give you that analogy. All right. So, so God. Imagine God. 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 He stripped himself of all godness, of all divine attributes. Okay, in terms of power. And then he became not just an angel, he became a human being. He enfleshed himself, not just with the flesh, the perfect flesh of Adam, but he enfleshed himself with the very flesh, the very physical kind of nature that babies in their time would also have. Okay. And that is an amazing condescension, condescension just going down and down and down and down and just being with us and sharing with us, sharing with the normal, ordinary humanity that kind of experience of being subjected to disease and subjected to tendencies of uh, of um, weakness. He embraced, he clothed himself, Jesus clothed himself, the Son of God clothed himself with weak and failing human flesh okay so let's proceed let me just recap this part now jesus accepted humanity when the race had been weakened by four thousand years of sin every like every child of adam he accepted the results of the working of the great law of heredity what these results were is shown in the history of of his earthly ancestors he came with such a heredity to share our sorrows and temptations and to give us the example of a sinless life so here's the here's the thing if if jesus came with a superior flesh and he had lesser tendencies to 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 give in to temptation that would have been he would have been uh, he would have had an unfair advantage over us in that he could not set a perfect example for us. So the point is that Jesus could actually, Jesus as a human being is going to show that it is actually possible for a human being to live a sinless life. Even, even if you have all these tendencies to do wrong and to do evil because of the weakness of your human humanity. But Jesus showed Otherwise, he showed that it is possible to overcome sin, to live by the principle of love throughout your life. Even if you have all these tendencies, these physical tendencies to do evil. Wow. Wow. So Jesus really came down to us, to our level, to our exact level, to show us, to show us the way of life. That it is actually possible. <laughs> It is actually possible to live a life that's aligned with the principle of love, a sinless life. Okay. Now, this next paragraph is also important. Satan in heaven, 
had hated Christ for his position in the courts of God. Now, this is, again, sort of a backstory. Satan in heaven had hated Christ for his position, for Christ's position in the courts of God. He hated, Satan hated Christ the more when he himself was dethroned. Now, Satan hated Christ when he was dethroned. Satan hated him who pledged himself to redeem a race of sinners. Wow, Satan did not like that. Satan did not like Satan did not like Christ's move. Okay, look at you can look at this at, uh, through the eyes through the lens of like politics that Satan wanted the throne of God. And Satan hated Christ in his position in the courts of the heaven. And he wanted that position. And uh, Satan proceeded by uh, trying to mar God's image, Christ's image, in front of the angels. And he and Satan hated him, hated Christ for for um, pledging himself to redeem a race of sinners. He he did not expect that that move. And Satan wanted to Satan wanted to destroy his image in the minds of men. And now now this Christ is gonna pledge himself to to. To give himself for the fallen race. Why is that? Why is that his move? And Satan, Satan is befuddled. Okay. Yet into the world where Satan claimed dominion. By the way, Satan has claimed dominion upon this earth. After the fall of Adam and Eve. Okay. Yet into the world where Satan claimed dominion. God permitted his son to come. A helpless babe. A helpless babe. Subject to the weakness of humanity. Subject to the weakness of humanity. He permitted him, God permitted him to meet life's peril in common with every human soul. Wow. To fight the battle as every, wow, to fight the battle as every child of humanity must fight, must fight it at the risk of failure and eternal loss. Now that is so powerful. Again, God permitted his son to come, a helpless babe, subject to the weakness of humanity. He permitted him to meet life's peril in common with every human soul, to fight the battle as every child of humanity must fight it, at the risk of failure and eternal loss. What a wonderful risk that God has given. And I think he thinks his, it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, let us show these human beings, these people, that that actually you can be lifted up from your your experience right now and live a sinless and abundant life. Wow. He is showing, he is showing that he, he's with us, he's going to fight with us in this battle and he's going to fight it equally. Like we do. He stripped himself of all advantages. He stripped himself of all advantages and came with us in the very same position that we <laughs> are in right now. He's He came to the earth as a helpless baby and subject to all these, all these tendencies to evil. And he came at a risk of failure. And he's going to fight our human battles as every one of us is going to fight it. Wow. Let's proceed with the, the last paragraph for this chapter. 
The heart of the human father yearns over him, over his son. He looks into the face of his little child and trembles at the thought of life's peril. He longs to shield his dear one from Satan's power. He to hold him back from temptation and conflict. To meet the bitter, to meet a bitter conflict and a more fearful risk, God gave his only begotten son that the path of life might be made sure for our little ones. Awesome. Herein is love. Oh, wonder, oh heavens, and be astonished, O oh, earth. I am astonished. I am astonished. Wow. So, so that last paragraph talked about how a new father would, after living a life, a ch very challenging life on earth, a father would want to protect his son. He would want to protect his son or his daughter, his baby. And he wanted to, you know, to, to lift them and guide them through this life, th through this challenging life on earth. And they want to protect them, okay? To aid them from, to aid them in their battle against temptation and conflict. But then, God, God gave his only begotten son so that everyone, so that the path of life might be made sure for our little ones. So if you do, practically speaking, if you do have a... If you do have a son or a daughter, a baby right now, and you have experienced the, the ugly things in life and you just want to, you just naturally want to protect your, your son or daughter from all the, uh, all the, Ill, all the ill effects of sin and anti-love and all the misery and all the trouble that's in the, the world right now, take heart. Take heart because in the very same way, in the very same way, God has sent his son as a helpless baby and he's going to experience, he's going to experience, or he has already right now, looking back, he's already experienced all these bad things that all these trials and challenges and temptation subject, where every human being will be subjected to. He has experienced the same so that when you... When you lose hope or when your hope wanes, you could look back and see what Jesus has done, what, what, that Jesus was able to overcome it, and that he now is going to give you the same power, the same opportunity, the same privilege to actually also enjoy that, enjoy that kind of um, victory in your life and in your child's life as well if Jesus had won this battle and if Jesus if Jesus came to to our earth as a helpless baby your child right now God is going to have that same regard for your child and and if you cooperate with God you know God will also also lift your child up amidst all the all the chaos that's in the world right now Wow, that is so powerful. Now, what will be the word for the keyword for this chapter? I'm I'm still thinking. But before the keyword, though, let's just I just I just read um straight and th straight through and through because uh, 
that was a story that was a like a narrative that just flows and um the lesson was at the last part so what i really liked about it is uh that point that point that i <laughs> that i emphasized that that jesus actually really came to us there was a purpose beyond dying on the cross you have to understand that jesus did not just come to earth and enfleshed himself the son of god did not just come to earth and enfleshed himself with uh i mean just to, to die on the cross because if you, you really think about it you if the only purpose of god or the only purpose of jesus is to die then he could have just come as a he could have just come as a an adult an adult right and just okay just go to a cross there and die if that was the only purpose of it all if that was the only purpose of it all you see there was a greater purpose to all this and we have seen from the first from the previous chapters that god was going to be revealing the character of uh, is going to reveal the, his character his character of love to human beings he has to to give light to the benighted and light to the perishing uh how does he do that he does he won't just come here and die like die like just die if that's the only goal then there's no reason for Jesus to be born as a baby but there was a deeper reason and again that was to show one of the best insights that we've we've gotten from this chapter right now in chapter 4 is that Jesus actually came here to actually show that a human being an ordinary human being can actually live a sinless life and can actually overcome sin can actually overcome the anti-love principle can actually choose to live by the principle of love despite all the tendencies despite all the hereditary tendencies to do evil wow and you know what there's a keyword here Jesus is now more relatable, relatable, relatable. Okay, he's relatable. Yes. So <laughs> you remember that in the uh, our the first chapter we we've, we've um tried this analogy where where um a rich person ri- a rich person comes to you, a rich person comes to you and uh, and it says to you okay um <laughs> and you're and you are in a situation of poverty and, and you're bankrupt and you're essentially living out you're living on the streets and then a rich person comes to you he comes with a tuxedo he comes with a polished polished shoes and really stylized hair and with a really nice car a limousine if you want so he comes to you and says to you you know what yeah i understand you man <laughs> you won't feel it If he came to you, a rich person came to you with all that garb of uh, all the shiny shiny things and, and wearing all the shiny shiny things. <laughs> he comes to you and says to you that I understand your situation. You won't feel that. You won't feel that. Even if again, even if that person has experienced the same thing before like years ago and now he's his his uh, his has become rich, even if he did experience that when if he comes to you in that in that You know, in that in that style, you wouldn't believe it. It's hard for you to grasp that. It's hard for you to be relatable. It, it's hard for him. It's hard for you to to see this person as relatable, right? But Jesus came with such a relatability. He's relatable. He's relatable. 
Ano ang time to do to make that the word? But that's too long. <laughs> okay, so so that's one point. That's one point. The point is that there is this savior and he's been given as someone who's relatable. But there's another point in the chapter that I wa- also wanted to say and to, to, to talk about. And that the, the point is that while the the priests, the, the people of authority within the Jewish nation had had neglected or did not anticipate this, this coming of the Messiah, remember from the previous chapters that they already had different expectations of the Messiah, there were still people. While that is true, there is still some people like the shepherds who were looking forward to the promised deliverer. And so the angels, the angels went to them, the angels went to them and revealed to them that actually, wow, the Savior is now born. The one you're looking for is now born. And that tells us something that if it, no matter how humble our situation is right now, no matter how humble our, our situation is right now, if we have the right heart, if we have the right heart, the angels of heaven will come near to us. They are actually thrilled and excited to bless us the angels from heaven are excited to, excited to come to us and to bless us and to help us wow wow that 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 just brings me back to this book another one by ellen white the truth about angels the truth about angels and and if we if we can only if you can only see the unseen if our our if we strip our eyes of just the physical things that we can see and see the spiritual backdrop of it all we could see the angels like just just coming from coming down from heaven and in 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 you know in glorious light and then just in a flash of in a second just helping out helping out human beings who are who are in deep deep and down situations heaven is near to those who seek for it angels will come with thrill and excitement to reveal the light of heaven to those who seek for it so that tells us that god really cares about what's in the heart god really cares about what's in the heart so here in this chapter is so rich it's so rich because now we are seeing the reality of the incarnation is the inflashing is the inflashing just as it has been promised it fulf- it was fulfilled the promise has been fulfilled and yeah even the manger now we're, we're we are so familiar with the the christmas story that we have benumbed our senses to the reality of it all if you really think about it, you, you you need to come to come from the context of God condescending Himself. It's God actually. It's God with Godlike attributes. And just imagine this: if the president of, for example, the United States or or whatever country, if they came, if they stripped themselves of all their abilities and they stripped themselves of all their riches and everything and came to you and really helped to you, that that would be something. I'm not sure. Maybe you're hating on presidents, but okay. But just imagine God. Just imagine God. Just imagine infinite, infinite power and infinite glory and infinite wisdom stripping himself 
of that that inf- infinity clothing himself with humanity so that he would come to us and become more relatable i think i'm leaning to, into that even if it's it's quite long relatable he is a savior who is relatable and because he is relatable he that actually gives us hope that gives us hope that jesus is a savior who truly understands our situation and that if he has overcome the world as as he what he is saying had as what he said to his disciples the world will, will hate you but take heart i have overcome the world take heart and find hope in that that i have actually overcome the world and that is just so awesome isn't it that's a wonderful promise now i'm lingering because this this chapter is quite short and we're just taking the time we we've gone through it fast so we're taking the time to just review all the lessons so practically speaking practically speaking before we leave and close this practically speaking wow whatever situation you're in right now whatever situation you're in right now know this that the god of the universe actually actually has experienced the very same things he has been subjected to the very same weakness of humanity and he has he now is able to succor you who are tempted because because Jesus has been through it and by sticking by sticking to oh i'm getting ahead of myself but by sticking to the principle of love and holding on to the father to that father's trust we will see this in the future chapters he overcame sin and in the same way you can overcome that too that gives you the power to obey jesus just jesus came here not just to die on the cross for you but to but to actually give you an example of a sinless life to give you an example of a life that lives by the principle of love a life that's abundant a life that's stress free a life that trusts fully in god a life that is peaceful inside because it rests in god that life is possible and despite trials and temptations that life is possible god stripped himself of all his godness stripped himself of all advantageous abilities and he became human a real human a real human that is so relatable because he with us with us has shared has shared all these challenges that every human being would face and if you are in a situation right now where you feel so down so down in the dumps as if there's really no solution to your situation know this that Jesus has once walked in the very same path and right now the angels the angels are ready ever ready to bless you call on god call on god and seek for his help and the angels will be ready to answer to answer to your need let's close this Dear God Heavenly Father, what a wonderful chapter we have read and reflected upon from the book of Desire of Ages. Thank you so much for for doing that, for sending your son 
and not holding back anything, giving him all out, all out. With the weakness of human flesh, you enclosed him and he came to the earth as a helpless baby. And that had implications. The purpose wasn't just to, to pay the, the, the penalty of sin by dying on the cross. Not, that's not the, the whole purpose of it all. That's not it per se. One purpose is to shed light, to give light that the principle of love, the character of God, the character of love can actually be a character that can be lived by. And there's actually a way of peace, a way of life, and that way of life is God's life. And Jesus is, has been born on earth with the very same attributes that every human being right now are going to have every new human baby and that gives hope also a practical hope to parents to parents yes who are longing that their children should should grow up great great citizens and, and, and responsible people and and lovely people and healthy holistically and so thank you so much for giving us that hope that you are actually, that Jesus is actually a savior that's relatable. And just as he has paid the penalty of death for us, Jesus has shown us that actually it's, it's possible to live a life that overcomes sin. Thank you for giving us hope, dear God. And we pray that you would continue to bless us as we proceed with the rest of the chapters of The Desire of Ages. And also, every listener would come to embrace embrace the fact that you truly do love them. And whatever situation they're in right now, they can take heart that you are ever ready to send your angels to come and bless them. Thank you for everything, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.